Hello and welcome back to Declassified Cheat Coats Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming and other BS, other random stuff that we can find and talk about. And uh, we do not go off track here on this show at all. No. If you've listened to us in the past, we stick straight to the news. (laughs) (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Hillhouse. I'm Josiah. And uh, we're about to bring this. There we go. It's on. Okay. Um, So this week um, in new games, I know that you told me that you didn't really play anything new this week. uh, No, I started a game, but I haven't got into it yet. Yeah. 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 So I I don't know enough about it to even give a kind of any kind of review on it yet. Right. Um, I started a game, too, called Silence, The Whispered World 2. And I have to say that so far I'm very confused about the target demographic of this game. Um, It has a very cartoony style that's similar to uh, early 2000s slash late 1990s uh, games and platformers as far as the dialogue goes. Like, it's got really corny dialogue. Um, Yeah. But I can see past that because it kind of reminds me of older games that didn't have this like Oscar worthy writing that we get from blockbuster games now. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so it kind of reminded me of like older games. I was like, okay, I can see that. But then it has this really like kid friendly atmosphere and stuff. And you think that the target audience has to be like 10 years or old or 10 years or younger, you know? And you're just like, this is okay. This is a very simple game. It's a puzzle game. And they're not trying to do too much. It's got to be rated like E or something. I'm trying to find the rating on it real quick. Um, but randomly, um, people just started saying like ass and shit in the dialogue, even though the dialogue for the most part is the most corny, um, lowbrow humor that you can think of. And it's... It's just really weird. I'm, I know it's like an indie developed game, but the language is like out of left field. And it's really funny that I even comment on that when, you know, that's kind of what we do. We don't care. Um, it's just weird because I just have no idea what the target demographic of this game is. <laughs> um, and it's it's not the worst game that I've played. It's not. I wouldn't really recommend it as far as so far. I haven't finished it. Um, it may like win me over next week i'll talk more about it next week when i finish it um but as of right now i don't think it's something you have to go run out and play the only reason i started playing it was it is in that list of games that's about to leave game pass so um i was like well i might as well play it for free before it gets out of game pass and so my early impressions are not great of the game but at the same time i can i can kind of enjoy the charm of this older style game but at the same time it's just it, the tone is so like weird. Um, it sounds like it's weird. It's like misguided. <laughs> oh, okay, because because it has potential to be something that is could be taken seriously, but then it throws in jokes that are just like it throws in like fart jokes, and you're just like, okay, so this is that kind of tone, and then it has like this dark tone of these like evil spirit creatures and stuff, and you're like, okay. This is that tone. <laughs> you just don't. It's just so all over the place, and um, I don't know. It's just 
I'll, I'll let you know my opinion when I actually like finish the game, but it may be a yeah, game that yeah. I'm just not going to finish because right now it's not... I, I have put it down so many times because I'm just like, I don't think I can finish this. But uh, I'm going to try to persevere. I know it's gameplay is only about four to five hours probably. <laughs> so I'll see if I can trudge through it this week. Um, but I did play some other really good games this week. Um, yeah. I... Hadn't talked last week that I played a little bit of uh, uh, Call of Duty Warzone's uh, Plunder Mode, and um, I played it a lot this week, and it was a lot of fun. And we both yeah, won a game yeah. yesterday, which was crazy. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And, You're talking um, to some pros right now, folks. You're listening to some <laughs> pros at Plunder. What's What's so funny <laughs> is there's really, once you get the hang of the mode, um, it's really not that hard to be in the top two or something. Um, oh, yeah. Next two games I played, after we played yesterday, I was second and third both times. And then right this on. morning, I played one game with uh, Schaefer and Spencer, and we were we placed first in one game. It was just nice. one random game, and we still won. So I just, I don't know if it's like an easy mode or if most people are not playing it the right way. I think people are just not playing it the right way. <laughs> Uh, if you are curious in what I'm saying about that mode, the thing that I see that people make as a mistake is they just go down to start um, getting in firefights when you can literally just do, what do you call them, contracts? You can do contracts yeah. so quickly that yes. it doesn't matter if you lose money. So like, you can be at a point where you're almost to a million cash, which once you get to a million, people can't steal your cash. But um, you can be at a point where you get killed and you lose like $60,000 and you may be tempted to go kill those people that stole your 60 K. Cause you're like, man, that's 60 whole K. But guess what? A contract is worth like 65 K and you, yeah, you, you can get that back in a couple another of chests. One. Yeah. In a couple of chests really easy. You could get that back. And that's, that's one of the things we were doing. We hit those buildings and we just, just rummaged those chests and people just could not keep up with us. We were just piling the cash up. Yeah, even it's it, the only thing that I like was suggesting was if you do run into people, just make sure you win those skirmishes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You just don't want to lose skirmishes, but there's no point like hunting people down or um, no. trying to get your money back when you lost a fight. If you are outclassed, just make more money than them. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I, I think we were just playing it the wrong way, but I've been having a lot of fun with that game mode at least for now until they, you know, rework it. So the first week, I think it was quad squad. <laughs> That's the word. It was squads and then it was duos. And then this last week it was trios. So we'll see what it is this week. Um, I wouldn't mind it going back to squads, but uh, I was yeah, having yeah. fun with that game. Oh, absolutely. I plan on playing that uh, much more. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think that, I need to branch out and play a different mode. I just only like playing that mode because it's the only mode I know how to play. <laughs> yeah, we, but, we can play some battle royale modes. Those are a lot of fun, too. You just you have to be more tactical because it's not about because uh, in plunder, you res all the time. You right. come back and you can jump into the same spot. But if you get a team wipe, you can basically pick another spot to jump into. So you're not forced to to fall on top of that spot. But. In Battle Royale, if you die, you end up going to Gulag, and then you got to win that 1v1 gunfight in order to get back onto the thing, or else they have to buy you back in for 4500 So 
it's unfortunate oh. because all that money that your team collects can be used for um, for uh, radars, can be used for uh, 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 gunships, stuff like that. Ammunition. Well, ammunition yeah. boxes you can actually pick up um, oh. as a you know you can pick up out of chests, but the, you know to use those later on. So that's a perk that you can get. But as far as kill streaks and stuff like that, uh, different perk perks that you get from those uh, in the regular game. Um, you know, as far as gunships and, uh, what is that called? Um, you know, uh, missile strikes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You, you can, you can buy those from different, uh, buy stations. So it's unfortunate if you have to res one of your, uh, teammates that way, but it's a completely different animal, completely different beast, but, uh, you know, other people play it different ways. You know, some people go in hard charging and they try to kill everybody. And some people, they, they go tactical and they, they hide and snipe and, and sneak and kill and all that. So, uh, there's different ways to play it, but I think you would enjoy that also. Okay. For sure. I, I think I'll try to check it out this week too. Um, just to have something else to talk to y'all about next week. Um, <laughs> because I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go this hard on games next week. So the next game that I played that was new was called wonder song. And this game is actually pretty charming in its, it's an easy game. Like it's not hard at all. Um, there are some things that are a little bit challenging for maybe 10 seconds, but once you get the concept of what you need to do, you can know you can quickly dial it back and change what you're doing. Um, you play as two different characters throughout the game. And one character has this ability to sing and you use the dial on the left stick to control where they're singing <laughs> like direction and when you sing in a direction it activates certain items or it destroys enemies or it reflects things so basically you have to figure out the abilities on that at first it was a little clumsy because to sing you have to hold the d-pad and then use the left stick which was kind of cumbersome because to do both of those at the same time is a little bit difficult um, <laughs> so once you get the hang of using the D pad while using both analog sticks, it's not too hard, but at first you have to like break out of the sense of it's either one or the other on the left hand, because you will need to use both. Um, so, but that being said, it's a really colorful game. It's got great music, um, really fast paced. It's just a 2d, uh, side scroller, um, I, th I think it. I think it looks too simple. Like if you look up screenshots of this game or gameplay, you're gonna be like, "This looks really stupid and simple." But the thing is, it actually performs better than a lot of other games that I played this week, even with that simplicity, because it just. It doesn't have to be that complex to be a good game. This is a really good game for how simple it is. So I do suggest y'all to go play Wonder Song while it's in Game Pass. And I didn't even mention that. I think every game that I mention is in Game Pass, <laughs> except for yeah. one. But um, a lot of these are Game Pass games. Um, so I finished that game this week. The other game that I finished was really short. Um, it was called Tracks. And I'm not sure if you've heard of this game. This game is like... So Minecraft is really relaxing. This is like a relaxing game like Minecraft, but it's making model trains. <laughs> <laughs> and you can <laughs> basically open up a map and create 
whatever you want with model trains. It has terrain and buildings and lights and tracks. And you can make the tracks do certain things. It has elevation. You can make ridiculous, impossible tracks that would not work in real life, basically. But what what is so fun about that is it's something that you don't really have to think of. So you can create challenges. You can create it so that you have to take certain passengers to certain destinations. Um, you can make basically whatever game modes you want because it's kind of a sandbox game. Um, I do Very know cool. that they're I do know that they're going to add more to this game in the future. They've said that. Um, so it is a short game right now, but I would definitely check it out while it's in Game Pass because it's 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 really simple, but it's really cool. And I don't think that it has to be. <laughs> this this is just not a game you would brag about playing because it's literally model trains. <laughs> but it's very it's very simple and it's actually quite well made and. It's one of those games that you can just look at and be like, the people who made this really cared about what they're doing because yeah. the, the sound effects are really like accurate. The sound of you putting a wooden train track down is sounds like you would put like a Thomas the Tank Engine wood track down. Like It all is very realistic sounding, and I think it's really impressive to see what people can make if they just have the desire to make it, you know? And... um not it's it's definitely not a game of the year, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's an enjoyable game. Um, definitely not the worst game I played this week. I guess I keep putting silence down that game. It's just nothing compared to these other games I played. But um, the two most interesting games that I played this week, one of them I played the last two weeks. I forgot to talk about it last week. It's called uh, We Were Here. And this mm-hmm. game was not in Game Pass. This game was free with Games with Gold, I believe, about six months ago. Um, so if you have games of gold for a while, you probably have this game. What's weird about this game is they want you to, so let me try to explain what this game is. It's a two player game that requires you to communicate with your partner. The two players are in opposite rooms that do not connect. And each room has clues to help the other person get through their puzzles. So, what it is, is it makes you solve puzzles purely by verbal instruction. By and what you're by, told. Right. But by not using real letters, sorry, but by not using real letters and by not using <laughs> anything but visual aids, there's no like, there are some words, but it usually doesn't work that easily. Um, it's usually a lot more abstract. So it can get kind of frustrating because you have to explain to the other person how to do something from a very yeah. abstract way. So you have to think of ways to form words. So it's kind of like charades, not charades. It's kind of like pyramid in the sense where you yeah. can't say the real easy word. You have to like think of other ways to describe something because they're not look you don't know if they're looking at the same thing as you. And you have to be like I'm looking at something that looks like a pyramid on top of a stick figure. And it also looks like it has balls, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> they, they have to, they might see that, but the game is really nasty in the sense that they make a lot of symbols look very similar. So if you don't know better, these symbols could be confused by very vague descriptions. So like there might be two things that look like a house with arms and legs but one of them has like a triangle in the middle and the other has a circle in the middle. If you don't mention that, 
the other person's going to say, oh, I found it, you know? So it, it is interesting in that sense. If you like stream it or show the other person your screen, that kind of ruins the aesthetic of it. But as far as the actual gameplay goes, it's a really cool idea that I would like to see done on a higher budget. This is a very short game. It's very, um, you can tell it's a very cheap game. It looks like a very small team made it. But the core concept of two people solving puzzles, not being able to see what each other is seeing, is a really cool concept. And I think the concept actually outweighs the game. The gameplay is not like stellar, but the concept is enough to make this game that is very shoddy and very buggy um, actually worth a playthrough. Um, one of the things I noticed was really buggy was they don't want you to use party chat in the game. It knows that you're using party chat, so it says, please exit party chat, because it wants you to use these walkie-talkies that you find in the game. But the walkie-talkies are super buggy. Like, it's a cool concept. You hold a button, and you say something through game chat, and it's supposed to say what you said while you held the button. But it's so buggy that I could hardly ever hear anything that the other person was saying, and the other person couldn't hear what I was saying at the same time. Oh, wow. So, if that... Like, that's a faulty thing. I know there's a sequel to this game. If they fix the walkie-talkies, maybe I'd use them. But we could not use these um, walkie-talkies, like, period, because they were so glitchy. Um, but as I said before, this game's core concept is a really cool idea, and I'd like to see it actually done with a bigger budget. I might check out the sequel, um, but I don't know if I'll check that out soon or not. Um, but yeah, but at the end of the day, it's a really cool idea for a game. If you want to check it out, I suggest don't look up spoilers, because... It is a short game. Um, if you look up spoilers, you won't have much game left. <laughs> so just play it for what it's worth. Um, and uh, th there are two like ways to play through it. Um, you can either be a librarian or you can be an explorer. The librarian has a lot of puzzles that they solve by reading things. And the explorer actually has to go through different environments is kind of how it works. Oh, so, okay. It's a pretty cool game. It sounds um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was a really intriguing idea for a game. So I, I think it's worth playing even more than a game that's more polished. Um, so it, it's a cool experience. Uh, the last new game that I played uh, this week, early on yeah. in the week, is probably my favorite. It was called Tacoma. And this I game, wanted to hear about this game. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't play it before. I heard good things about it probably a year ago. And yeah, for some reason, yeah. I didn't play it. I guess I got confused about what it was. I think at one point I thought it was a 2D platformer, but it's not that. It's a 3D space uh, kind of puzzle, mystery, walking simulator type game. It's got a lot of story, and you have to kind of unravel what happened at a abandoned space station is like all I'm okay. going to tell you. <laughs> okay. um, it does have a feature that when you get onto the space station, it scans you, and it tells you that you can access uh, AR uh, recordings of the crew. So basically, when you go through the abandoned space station, you can see fragments of what the crew was doing through AR. Like, it shows you where they were, what they were saying. And you can, like, read their phones and stuff. 
And you can kind of piece together what's happening. And through all that, you have to find codes and other things to unlock things. So there's a lot of there's a lot of backtracking in it, so it doesn't seem as short as it actually is. Um, but if you know what you're doing, it's a very short game. I do know you can speed run the game in about maybe 30 minutes. <laughs> but if well, you're not using speed it, runs, we were saying, yeah, I mean that's crazy. People go through those things fast, <laughs> right? Um, but I think it has that ability because it's from the same maker as Gone Home, and a oh, lot okay. of people like Gone Home more than this game, but. I think I like this game more than Gone Home. I think it has more of accessibility because it's more of a a game. Uh, Gone oh, Home, right I understand why people could not like Gone Home because um, it may not even feel like a game, especially near the end when you start realizing what's actually going to happen. Um, I think people will kind of get turned off at Gone Home actually being more of a walking simulator than it is an interactive game. Uh, this game makes you feel a lot more like you're actually interacting with it. So I think this game's a lot more accessible, especially with the sci-fi-ness, um, as opposed to Gone Home, which is just in a house. Um, this game is very, okay. very well polished. It's hardly buggy at all. There's just a couple of loading um, stutter when you're loading into new sections, but it only happened yeah. like twice. It's really unnoticeable. Um but besides that, it's a very well-made world. It's very believable. It's got really good interaction with the environment, too. It's just a fun game. Like, if you get a chance to play it, it's not on its way out of Game Pass yet. Uh, it's still in Game Pass. I think it's been in there over a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's but, been um, in there for quite a while. Yeah, if you want to check it out, check it out. It's uh, I might do that. It, it's probably not a game you would play twice. Um, you could if you just really were intrigued by the world. Um but uh, if you want to play it once, you might as well play, play it while it's in Game Pass because, you know, you're already yeah. paying for it. Are there any and, games coming out that you're looking at that you're going to be playing? Um, I'm probably going to go back and play some Nier. I didn't play that this last week. Nier Automata? Yeah. yeah. I went a whole week without playing it because I decided to, you know, completely beat six other games. But yeah. <laughs> But I'll probably get back into a 30-hour game this week. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what I'm. Uh, I'm trying out one that I'm definitely going to be talking about next week. It's mm-hmm. it's just odd. It's a little different. It doesn't look very polished yet. Um, I know the developers are still working on it, but um, apparently it's very popular. So I'm, I'm trying it out. And it's called Drug Dealer Simulator. And uh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. give that one a shot. See how that goes. Yeah, you need so to do it's, that. It's not quite like GTA 5, but it kind of reminds me of it. And the acting is just, so far, it's just atrocious. But I cannot wait to get into it because I want to see what else happens. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I basically just started it. And I'm waiting to see, you know, I'm going to start doing my missions and see how that goes. So, yeah, I'll let you all know next week for sure <laughs> about that game. But, yeah. Should yeah, be sounds good. We've had nothing else to talk about on new games uh, that we played. We can just head on to the news. For sure. Oh, yeah, it's time for the news, bitch. 
so yeah, I've got I've actually got quite a few stories uh, this week, um, a couple of good ones, and I'm going to save what I think is my favorite story for last. Um, but I was uh, looking through um, some of the news earlier, uh, checking some things out, and I thought this was kind of interesting because we've been talking a lot about Overwatch, and uh, there are some um, there's a new update that's supposed to be coming out where um, competitive queuing is going to be getting an update. And also the communications wheel is going to be getting an update. But what I thought was the coolest thing about this story is that uh, this update was recorded on a phone that was taped to a box in Jeff Kaplan's house. That's because of the, (laughs) uh, because of the COVID situation. So it's really kind of neat. Um, this, uh, it was, they said it was basically, you know, sitting in his house, uh, taped to a box. His phone was taped there and, you know, it wasn't really a good techie setup, but yeah, apparently, um, they said that the recording quality is, is, uh, uh, beautiful and whatnot. So this is the, the, uh, latest Overwatch developer update. And it's extremely casual, but you, you see a lot of other people that are doing this same same situation. So he, he did what yeah. he had to do so that he could communicate to the fans of Overwatch, let them know what's going to be happening and and things like that. So, uh, yeah, you see a lot of other places that are doing it. I just thought it was neat that that uh, Jeff Kaplan still wanted to uh, talk to his fans and and let everybody know uh what's going on and so he yeah he taped his freaking phone to a to a box and sat there and talked to the people so um they said that in this new update that they're going to be doing is um a lot of people have been asking for changes to uh the communication wheel and they've been asking for new customizations etc so he said that there's something really cool that's going to be happening um uh, there's several new voice lines that are coming in for all 32 heroes. And <laughs> basically uh, the way he's saying it is that no matter how you set it up, no matter how you customize it, you're going to hear the lines spoken properly. So I guess that was a problem. I haven't really noticed it, but he also said, this is the main thing that I like is that they're working on getting the queue times down for competitive. Um they're going to have what's called a priority queuing system. Um, those are for players that get booted from failed competitive matches. So basically, if if one player quits a competitive match and the remaining players are kicked to the end of the queue, then what happens is those players are instead returned to the position they had before the match started. So you you don't have to wait you know, 10 minutes for another competitive match because of damage, you actually get to, uh, if somebody leaves the game, you get to come back and immediately play another match. So it's really kind of cool. It's, it's almost like the, uh, the, when the, when the jackass left, it's almost like it never happened. So I, I think that's right. a good thing, man. Cause we've all been penalized for people leaving matches. I don't leave matches. I know that you don't either. I think it's a real uh, <clears throat> shitty thing to do uh, to whoever you're playing with. But we also understand <laughs> that sometimes it's uh, it can be a server issue or your internet issue. Uh, the person just gets kicked from the Blizzard server, something like that. So 
it's not always the person leaving on purpose, but I think I, this is a great way to compensate for that. I don't. I never understood why people rage quit in competitive Overwatch oh, because dude, so stupid. <laughs> number one, it counts as a loss if you leave. So your rank goes down just as much if you lost. And if you think you're going to lose, then it's the same. But the only thing that would be better is the small chance that you win, which can only be achieved if you stay in the game. <laughs> and in yeah. addition to that, the main difference between leaving the game and taking a loss and staying through the game and taking a loss is one you get XP for. The other, you get no XP and you still get the loss. So yeah. I, don't, I don't understand why people leave because you get just the same punishment if you predict, if you're trying to predict the outcome and you decide to quit, it's the punishment with 100% of no rewards. I guess the only advantage is someone that <laughs> someone that is taking their time so valuably that they don't even want to be in a game where they're going to lose. I can kind of see that point of view. And the only other one would be if they they leave because if they stayed in it, they would hurt themselves. So those are the only two yeah. things I can think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. Um, I, I did just look up the uh, the developer update, and I have to say the saddest thing. I like that he's doing it from his home on a phone attached to a box, taped to a box. But if you look at this video, his home looks really boring, and it's making me really sad. <laughs> have you looked at it? <laughs> What's up? The developer update from Jeff. Oh His yeah, yeah, home yeah. Looks really boring, and yeah, it's, it's making me sad to look at. You know, some I've been it, it, it's crazy <laughs> because you're seeing a lot of that kind of stuff happen on uh, TV, uh, like uh, Live PD. I was watching that last night, and all three yeah. of them are in their homes, and uh, the guy they call Sticks. I don't know if people watch this and they know who Sticks is, but he was in his garage. And you could see a really nice car, but then this shitty ass wall behind him. And I'm like, okay, why would you just, do that? I don't know, dude. I have no idea. But, but I, you know, I thought it was kind of cool because at the same time, it's like, okay, yeah, just a regular guy. He's just doing it where he can't. Maybe he's got dogs and kids and he wanted a quiet space <laughs> to be able to do the show. I don't know. But he has uh, a yeah. Lamborghini. <laughs> he has a Lamborghini in a garage with the sheetrock falling it, down. From it the looked ceiling. like an old. It looked like an old convertible Mercedes that he had rebuilt, dude, is what it looked like. So, My yeah, God. dude's dude's making money from TV life. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I just think it's neat, though, that a lot of people are doing stuff from the show. I mean, even or from their homes, even like Ellen DeGeneres is doing it. Uh, yeah. A couple other, you know, talk show hosts are doing the same thing. So I, I think that's pretty neat that they're doing that from their home. Uh, American so, idols get ready to do that actually with uh, 25 contestants. And it's going to be knocked back down to 15 or 10. Uh, so 15 people are going to be eliminated. They have to sing from their homes. Cool. So this is going to be really interesting, man. Um, that's a lot yeah, less pressure. Be, <laughs> oh, well, there's also no mixing. There's no, uh, there's no production value. Really? I mean, we're I, talking about, I, I, I wouldn't care. I would much rather sing from my home than on a stage in front of oh, thousands of people. <laughs> Millions of people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not including who's watching, you know, like I'd be a lot more like, cool, everybody's watching me online than yeah. everyone's watching me online, plus there's like ten thousand people in this, you know, studio. 
Wow. But kudos to Kaplan and everybody else for for finding a way to keep everything going, you know? Right. It's just really neat. Yeah. You know, what it it is, what it is. Before we move on from that, I want to ask you, um, what communication features would you add to the dial? Um, Obviously, Um, I've been complaining the last week about ping. I've wished that there was a pinging system in Overwatch. I I think a ping system should be uh, integrated into it because I think that would be a great way to tell people where to go. Because right. you could ping, you know, you could ping, hey, a uh, group up here, you know, or you could ping uh, uh, enemies over here or sniper up here, that kind of thing. So I think that would be a really good way to do it. But at the same time, that's what voice communication is for. But also, it's not as in accurate, the same though. sentence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. as accurate. And people don't always have a mic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a, I think a ping system would be a great idea, but also uh, just different orders. <laughs> if you have a leader who's taking control of the, of the team, being able to, uh, you know, really quickly on the wheel, be able to say, okay, uh, everybody in the payload or flank left, flank right, that kind of thing. I think that that would be some, uh, just kind of how you do in Warzone. I think that that yeah. would be a really good way to, uh, to help out with that or in, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Paladins, uh, because they have a flanking uh, communication. Uh, if you can right. figure out, you know how to, you know, I mean, up, down, I up, down, people, left, right, left, right. A, I B, a, B. memorize them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a lot to memorize. But I think the a new communication wheel with full customization is a very good idea. Yeah. So Jeff has addressed the pinging thing before because it's been a request for years. And he said yes. that early versions of the game before even the beta had ping, but they took it out because they thought players were going to abuse it and just spam it. And to tell you the yeah. truth, I mean, we spam voice lines, so it doesn't matter. Like oh, we yeah. spam whatever you give us. <laughs> we spam jumping. We spam punching. <laughs> if That's there was true. a ping system, we would spam it. But I mean, I spam it in every game I play with a ping. I mean, it just matters how much <laughs> people are going to take it seriously. Um, yeah. So I think they should add it because if you're playing with your friends, you can tell them to quit spamming it. Um, if you're playing with randos, I mean, that's just that's just how it is. You know, that's how it is in every game with a pinging system. If you play with randos, if, of course, they're going to ping everything in the world. <laughs> and if people are that concerned about it, then, you know, Overwatch or Blizzard could always add a uh, a mute system where you can mute any communications that come from that particular teammate. If you've really got that big of a problem, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I had one of them. I was playing, uh, I was playing overwatch on PC, uh, this week and (laughs) I'm in comp. Everybody's doing fine. And this little whiny bitch says, you know, (laughs) Hill house, uh, you know, put it on push to talk because I, I I don't want to hear you breathe. And I'm like, okay. So I pulled the mic away from my mouth and everything was fine. But they're like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm just going to mute you. And I said, look, it's I'm pushed to talk now, man. I mean, oh my God. You know, so I, you know, I I can understand (laughs) where having the ability to mute, you know, what you don't want to hear might come in handy. But yeah, it's just, yeah. So people are going to whine about everything. (laughs) I guess that was my point on that. So let's get on to a news story. You should have faked, <laughs> you should have faked your uh, breath stopping and just been like, you happy now? <laughs> I'm holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Is this Here's some more <laughs> some more news from the Blizzard world since <laughs> Call of Duty is actually part of those guys now. Um, the CDL has been on and uh, Call of Duty had made some server changes ahead of the Call of Duty League happening. Um, what they did is they added uh, added uh, four new servers because there were some during the uh, Dallas home series, there were some connectivity issues and they had some major lagging going on, blah, blah, blah. So on the 23rd of April. They announced they were going to add four additional regional servers for the Chicago tournament, and that's going to bring the totals up to nine. So basically, uh, everybody got a chance to test out these servers, and they would get to veto on certain servers that they didn't like, and um, then they would have to play uh, in the veto process. It was a blind veto of one server, and basically... Um, if they had a like a tie, then the league would get to decide on uh, which servers would get to be used. Basically, that's what it boils down to. So once it was chosen, then you you have to play up to five maps the entire match on that mm-hmm. server. Now they all got a chance to test them. Like I said, they had scheduled scrims and so forth, and they would get to be able to choose which ones they wanted during the uh, tournament time, but. One of the problems that this caused was that um, a bunch of fans were were bitching about it because these servers are no one else can get into any of these servers to play. So basically, the servers that were already there, the five that were already there, they're shut down completely. So there was a little bit of server issue going on with people who wanted to play normally. So there was a whole bunch right. of uh uh um anger coming out from the uh or the reason why they did it I'm sorry is because the tournaments weren't able to run because of the lag issues and right you know so basically a lot of um uh crying about it was coming out from the uh the players in the league uh they were complaining about not being able to play not being able to give themselves 100% during the, uh, like I said, the Dallas home series. So, um, so basically, like I said, they've added these new servers. This should solve a lot of the problem. I know that the CDL is happening right now and I haven't heard that there's really been any kind of issues, but, um, apparently though, it still is, like I said, pissing off, uh, normal players because these guys get, the entire servers just to themselves to play these things, which to me makes sense because we're talking about a competition. You, you wouldn't want a bunch of people uh, from all over the United States jumping into these servers and these guys not being able to play the game. So adding the extra servers and making them exclusively for the uh, call of duty league is probably the best route to take. Um, But yeah, a little bit of of news about that. You know, I mean, you're going to have, that's the thing, man, in gaming that just kills me is you're going to have people complain, even if it's a good thing uh, for the league, because I know people that actually stop playing the game and just watch the league. They'll sit in discord talking with each other and they right. just talk about the game that's going on. So uh, it's almost like they're watching a football game or a soccer game or something. So it's really kind of uh, uh, neat. But yeah, so that was the, what they're doing in order to combat that problem. And uh so that's that. Like I said, yeah, I'm hitting you guys cool. with the boring news first. Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> next thing I wanted to talk about <laughs> was uh, there was a... Uh, do, remember we were talking about the new PlayStation 5 coming out and how people were talking about how it was going to overheat, um, etc. Well, uh, apparently there was a leak about the Sony heatsink patent. This was put out in um, 2018. Uh, Sony had put in a patent for this. And uh, this it kind of gives you an idea of what it, it should look like. Now, they never talk about PlayStation 5 at all in this patent. Um, but we know that that doesn't mean anything. And of course, with other patents, we've all seen that it's changed and done something completely different. Um, other than, um, what we saw in the patent. So right. it doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen. However, a lot of the stuff that I've been reading says that this is an act is an excellent idea for keeping, uh, the, uh, the circuit boards, uh, uh, much cooler. Um, basically, what they're saying is it has holes that that penetrate the circuit board in an area where um, uh, it provides uh, the ventilation uh, is increased. The right? ventilation mm -hmm. in order to get rid of all the heat that you know it allows for uh, uh, massive disposition of the heat. So right, and you also have a lot more freedom to put extra components based on how this thing is laid out. So this actually makes sense to me that they would use it because of the fact right. that it's going to keep it cooler. It should keep it quieter than the PlayStation four. And it should, uh, you know, you know, be the best thing that they can possibly use in order to, to uh, make it all work. Now, that being said, there's other people saying that with this kind of a uh, patent, they don't see a tower system like what Xbox has. This will be a true console. So that's another good thing. They can keep it small and, uh, you know, keep it basically the console that it was meant to be, not the tower system that Xbox is doing. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing for Xbox. I actually like the design. But, uh, yeah, so it was neat seeing this because a lot of people have been worried about the fact that these things were going to burn up. And the mock-up that I look at, it's it's really cool. It looks like uh, a really good heat sink idea. It looks like it could work very well. And um, I think that this is going to uh, uh, change a lot for the PlayStation 5 if this is something that they're actually using. Um, yeah, there was there there's another patent that's been making the rounds this week about the external expansion that is rumored yes. to be on the PS5. And and I heard comments about it where it was just like, we have to just wait for them to actually reveal the system. And we're just keep wondering yes. when they're going to do that because we keep getting all these patents for it. And now it's just kind of flooded with too many ideas. And we really don't know if it's all going to even be in there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But they're the thinking though. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead because it is true. This heat sink is very important because the oh, PlayStation yeah. Four is just really loud. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's the thing is if this is an actually an actual true idea that they're going to use, then this is going to put them in a in a, a competitive state with the Xbox Series X because Microsoft is promising absolute silence on their Xbox Series X. They're promising, you know, I mean, it's not going to be dead quiet, but you're not going to be able to, you know, hear it running. 
You know what I'm saying? Like a PS4 right, right now, it, it is loud as hell. I mean, it gets loud. And this, this heat sink could help them solve that problem. And I think give them an actual run to, yeah. uh, to, to do some competition with, uh, Microsoft. And I liked what, um, the, the, uh, Mark Cerny, I guess mm-hmm. he's the guy who, uh, uh, designed this. Uh, he said, uh, earlier in the year, he said that the unique design will help prevent it from turning into a hairdryer. So they, to me, that says they know they have some cooling issues with the, uh, PlayStation five. And, uh, yeah, hopefully this is this is what fix it because uh, you know I I kind of dig that whole competition between Xbox and PlayStation and I I I'd like to see them both do best or do okay and uh, right now we kind of need that anyway for businesses but yeah so hopefully yeah, this solves just, the problem man see I don't even hope that Xbox does better than I mean I kind of do hope that Xbox does better than PlayStation next year <laughs> but I don't hope that it is the state that it is right now. Um, I don't yeah. think we've ever had a generation that was so one-sided. Um, yeah. Because even in 360 PS3 era, uh, 360 did better, better than the PS3, but the PS3 was still able to do better in the end of its life because of exclusives. Um, in the same sense, almost every other generation, there was something that fought back. Um, but maybe the PS4 generation is most reminiscent to the PlayStation 2 generation, because I did forget that um, one of the biggest culprits of low sales for Xbox OGs and GameCubes was just how many people were buying PS2s at the time. Um, So it's kind of that same sense if you put the PS4 up against the Wii U and not the Switch. Uh, If you can blame the PlayStation 4 for killing the Wii U and for making the Xbox One struggle to stay alive for like three years... Um, then it's very similar to the PlayStation 2. So I guess I've just corrected myself. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want it to be so one sided. I wouldn't want, yeah, I wouldn't want Xbox to be 90% of sales next gen. And then PlayStation yeah. 5 has a magnificent piece of hardware that has great games on it that is, you know, practically nothing. Uh, as far as sales go, I wouldn't want that for anyone. And I feel like with crossplay being at an all-time high, I feel like there's no reason for us to live in that type of, you know, <laughs> sounds so ridiculous in that type of society. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I think we can move past that. But at the same time, um, PlayStation has kind of the re-election type <laughs> effect going on where it will get a lot of people to buy PS5s just because, you know, they had PS4s, you know. His father had one, so, you know, just do it again, yeah. you know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you can go on with your news. I'll quit interrupting Well, you. speaking of Xbox, uh, <laughs> this is one of the things that I thought was cool. Uh, Phil Spencer had recently been making some announcements about the new, um, the new Xbox and how he was so excited about uh, the you know, uh, directions. Uh, one of the statements that he made was he, that reviewed plans yesterday for continued sharing through launch. The team is doing great work and adapting. I've never been more excited about Xbox plans. We've heard you, you want transparency slash authenticity. We plan to keep showing that way. Next step is not too much of a weight on games. So, 
one of the things that they're talking about, what a lot of people are talking about, is the fact that Phil Spencer is extremely, since he's been promoted to the position that he's in, um, uh, what, since 2017? That he is, yeah. uh, that he has made it a, like a priority to engage with, uh, to engage with his customers and to find out what it is that everybody wants and to start producing on that. Now it may have taken a little bit of time, but he is doing exactly what he said he was going to do. He's letting people know exactly what they're offering. Um, look at how quickly they came out with the information on what was going to be in the Xbox and what we still don't know about the PlayStation. I mean, to me, that is a big, big deal. Um, every time they come up with something and they're they're saying that this is how it's going to go, uh, they've, they've let us know about it. And um, in the past, in you know, he's he's admitted to this that they've made mistakes, and I think that they are learning from those mistakes, and they're they're uh, going to come up with an extremely powerful and really cool console. Um, now, some of the new games, besides we've seen uh, what Hellblade Two, that yeah. uh, that um, is supposed to be coming out on the. Uh, the new Xbox Series X, which looks absolutely amazing graphically and uh, looks extremely spooky. I actually kind of want to play it. But uh, yeah, so it, it looks, you know, we were speaking about past mistakes with PlayStation 4, um, that kind of thing. And are these guys PlayStation learning? It looks like Microsoft has learned, you know, that, hey, this is what we need to do in order to, you know, get it to the next level. And um Phil Spencer's, uh, uh, he's, you know, leading the way on that. And I think it's a really good thing. I think that we're looking at, like you said, in a whole new generation of home gaming uh, that's about to happen. Um, right. It's going to get way more intense. It's going to get way more beautiful. And um, I, I think that uh, this is going to, with Microsoft doing this, this is actually going to push Sony to get better at what they do. And it's going to, it's, I think it, we're going to reap the benefits from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think that PlayStation is going to put something out that is going to fail to uh, the Xbox. I, I really don't. I think that they're going to, with this, who, this whole heat sink thing that we were just talking about. Um, I think that they're learning that they need to do just as good as what Microsoft is doing in order to compete. And it's not going to be an easy battle where they can just throw something out there, expect everybody to buy it. And because it could crush their company with what Microsoft is coming out with, it could crush PlayStation if they don't compete on that level. So uh, I think it's a good back and forth, but uh, what Microsoft is doing, I think that they're leading the way right now. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see, um, uh, all the new stuff that they're going to be talking about here shortly, because it's supposed to be happening, I guess, in the next month, where they're going to be letting letting loose some of the games that they're going to be uh, bringing with the Xbox Series X. They're going to be announcing some of those out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think the only thing that is going the biggest risk that PlayStation can run into is the pricing, because the main reason that they did the worst during the PS3 era of yeah. all other Sony consoles <laughs> was because the ridiculous 600, I think it was like $600. It had to be, I think. I don't remember. I think it was 600 
It was like $600 for the PlayStation 3 when it came out, and nobody wanted to pay that. And uh, everyone bought a 360. <laughs> uh, even though yeah. the 360 had the red ring of death issue the first year, people still stuck with it because they didn't want to spend $600 for a PS3, even though it may have been the superior console, which it, actually I think it was. Uh, the PS3 ran on Blu-ray discs. Um, for some reason, Xbox was still using CDs. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things that made the PS3 better than the 360, but the 360 still did better because of price tag. And um, if the PS5 is doing tons of uh, technical leaps forward um, rather than practical leaps forward, it could be a yeah. very pricey system. Um, we're talking about well, innovations and stuff, and that yes. that is a price tag for innovation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be. But I think at the same time, these guys, uh, they actively work on not just improving their system, but also finding a way to make it affordable for everyone. Because that's one of the things that they have to understand. And their whole attitude of wanting to be the best overall is that's a good thing because what they're doing is by, by wanting to be the best by, by creating these, the, the new products that they're creating, they're not having to spend time on fixing what fails at, like they've had to do in the past. So this means to me that they're going to be spending more time putting out better games, putting out better quality uh, uh, features and add-ons for the system and I, I think to to me, that's just going to add value to the system and people are going to want it. Even if there is a little bit of a higher price tag, the fact that you're going to be able to, with confidence, buy this, this system and not have to worry about it failing on you like the ones in the past have, to me, that makes the difference. And I'd be willing to pay an extra $50 to $100 for a system that I didn't have to worry about because it means that I get to play these high quality games and never have a fail. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't really yeah. say never because things do happen, but the way they're doing it now is the absolute best way. It really is because they're, they are like leading the charge. And I never thought that they would, to be honest with you. I always thought that when the Xbox series X came out, when we first started talking about it months ago, I really thought that PlayStation was going to lead the way because they always have. You know what I mean? Right. They, mm -hmm. they, they've always had the, the best, you know, the really good exclusive games and so forth. But I think that Microsoft's going to be making a big change with that, man. And what they're doing right now is, is, uh, is only a good thing. Yeah. I think like, I feel like we could talk all day about this. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> it's just one of those things where uh, Microsoft is rightfully going in the direction of being a console that, appeals to uh i guess people that don't want a pc game but they respect how pcs are built <laughs> because everything yep. about what they bring to the table is a lot more um hard-lined and easy and straightforward and the playstation 5 is always uh, the marketing so far is just trying to be from another planet and um, yeah <laughs> that's kind of how sony always is so Sony's going for the angle of keep consoles because if you let consoles die, that's a big issue. Uh, Xbox seems to be going for an angle of let's give the best we can give. If consoles die within this generation, we have a backup contingency plan with, you know, 
uh, X Cloud, but PlayStation Five is very much trying to hold on to consoles. So um, I don't know if consoles are going to die this generation, but I do agree. I'm not even saying I do agree with you, but I do agree with the statement that I'm making right now that if Xbox does not do well this generation, it probably will be the last Microsoft console. I'm pretty sure about hmm. that. I think you if think? they don't succeed with the Series X or the next generation of console, I think they will 100% put all of their effort into streaming, cloud gaming, servers, and studios. I, I think okay. if they lose okay. another generation of consoles, I think this is their last generation. I, I don't think they want you to know that, but I think that's why they have all these backup plans because I think they're preparing for the worst. If you look at sales of the Xbox One versus the PlayStation 4, it is so drastically different that um, yeah. it if it wasn't Microsoft, no one would invest in another console. Like, if this was Sega, back when the Sega, um, <laughs> back when the Sega, um, Dreamcast flopped, um, you would not invest in another console after that. You would be like, okay, just pull the plug, stop making consoles. Um, uh, but because it's Microsoft, I think they have this enough investment behind it that they're able to push forward and try to put a new twist on how they may have misinterpreted what the audience of their console actually wanted. So I think that's why they're doing different things and they're trying to be a little bit more straightforward. And I think that's why they're releasing information as soon as they can release it because they're trying to be very honest and open and yeah. they're trying to not be what PlayStation is doing basically every step of the way. So they're doing it the right way if they're trying to hold on to consoles. But I do think they are in the back of their head thinking that this could be a flop and we have to not disappear. We have to make sure our name just seamlessly goes into something else. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Because Sega has bounced back as a developer. Sega makes some really great um, titles now as a game developer. But there was a period of time where Sega was kind of a joke because they just had a flopped console and they were making a bunch of bad Sonic games. <laughs> and... Uh, it was it was not much of a great stu studio or company, um, but they've bounced back as a studio. So if Xbox does fail this next gen, I think they have a pretty good set plan of what they would do. So I'm not concerned for oh, the yeah, company, yeah, absolutely. but I'm saying that this is either the last generation of consoles or it's the last generation of consoles for Xbox, at least. <laughs> I, I honestly two. think it's going to be the last generation for consoles because, yeah, like you said, it's going to be all about streaming the cloud. It, yeah. it, that's what's going to be happening because within the next, you know, five years, six years, I mean, they're going to have it to where everybody has the next gen style internet. I mean, you're even the slowest internet is going to be able to handle it because it's going to be like, you know, gigabyte. So right. it, it's... Yeah, that's exactly what's going to be happening. Now, I'm sorry to keep so, getting off point. I know you got more news, but I do think that it is not the last generation for handheld consoles. Oh, mainly no, because no, 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 no. Phones Portable gaming so different. Stay. Right, but phones yes. are so different from phone to phone that it's hard to develop games for phones because you have to develop games for the minimum requirements so that everyone yes. can download it. But as long as someone like Nintendo has the Switch with a set piece of hardware, 
people know what they're developing for. You get a development kit, you know what it can run, you know what it can overclock at, and all that jazz. So it's very, um, it's a steady line of quality that you have for a whole generation, you know, five to six years. Yeah. And then when they come out with a new generation, you start designing for that. But with phones, you get new phones every year. So I don't think phones are replacing portable consoles. I think the Switch is maybe not going to be the only one in its uh, demographic. <laughs> Why am I using such weird words? It's not going to be the only one in its category that is doing portable gaming as a console. You get what I'm saying? I think that's the future yeah. of consoles. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, you're I'm probably sorry. right. I mean, go it's on, just a on, matter of time before that happens. <laughs> oh no, no, you got nothing to be sorry about, man. I find this interesting because I, I really want to know what's going to happen to consoles. Uh, and uh, I mean, they can't go any farther than they have with everything changing the way it is. They kind of have to go with the time, and I think it's going to be like you said. Right. It's going to be a cloud-based gaming system, and handhelds are going to be there, but those are going to be able to uh, connect to the cloud. Also, I think. Um, because of right. uh, uh, the new kind of not just Wi-Fi, but also Li-Fi that's going to that's uh, being uh, worked on right now, uh, which uses um, LED lights and LED lights. They don't stay on. They blink at such a rapid rate that we can't perceive it with the human eye. So they're they found a way to actually transmit uh, Internet uh, uh, data through LED. Um, so what they're thinking is if everything had these LED lights, internet would be everywhere. So we're going to see that happening, uh, very, very soon. It's, you know, and that's going to be the whole, the whole, uh, crux of it is that gaming is going to be cloud-based and we're going to see it very sooner than later. So I think you're right on the money with that, dude. I think you're right on the money with it. Um, but something that we did talk about before, uh, to get onto the new, new other news, uh, the newest news in gaming, um, <laughs> You know, we I've always talked about how Fortnite <laughs> has been the leader in marketing mm-hmm. itself and other artists, games, movies, whatever it may be. Um, Fortnite has led the way in this whole thing uh, in uh, multi-marketing and uh, crossovers. And I, I think it's a wonderful thing that they've done. Well, Travis Scott, the rapper... Uh, people know him from uh, Antidote is one of his yeah. singles. Sicko I'm glad mode. You're he was also because I forgot he was also this. with <laughs> with uh, yeah yeah he was also uh, with Kylie Jenner for a while. For those of you that follow that, um, so he did a concert uh, not too long ago, and he did a virtual performance on Fortnite. Um, and not only was it uh, uh, an amazing concert from what I'm seeing, but the last concert they did was last year with Marshmallow, which had mm-hmm. 10.7 million virtual attendees. This one had 12.3. But the cool cool thing about it, that was concurrent players that participated during the concert that were watching this inside of Fortnite. Now, even though that's mm-hmm. a huge number, that doesn't even touch the fact that you had streamers that were broadcasting this on Twitch and YouTube, probably Facebook, probably other platforms. So there's there's no set number yet as to how many people were actually watching this guy's performance. Now, um, there is supposed to be other performances that you can catch, and there's a place that you can do it. I guess there's a how-to guides online where you can go check that out. But wow, 
So cool. I mean, Fortnite is leading the way on this stuff. And that's what keeps this game so freaking relevant is all the new stuff that they introduce into this game all the time. And uh, yeah, so, just so neat, man. So I was able to right participate now. in it. And um, yeah, I was able to get in one of the lobbies when they were doing a concert. And uh, it, it was pretty mind blowing compared to other events I've seen within the game. Um, uh-huh. It was very visual, very um, interactive. <coughs> it was pretty crazy, pretty intense. Um, basically, Travis Scott was like a 100 foot tall hologram at the beginning, which was pretty insane. <laughs> um, but I do have to say something that I, w- I want to say this in the right way. Um, if if you weren't going to mention this, I don't know, maybe you were. Did you see that they had <gasps> Travis Scott skins added to oh, the game? Oh, really? Yes. That's cool. So there were there was two skins and each had two variants. One of them was like a space suit with a iridescent cape and a helmet on it. And you're like, okay, cool. It's inspired by the Astroworld aspect. I like all the Astroworld references because I'm from Houston. I get all that. And that's really cool. Um, but there was also a regular Travis Scott skin. And that... I didn't think was going to be a problem, but the Travis Scott skin is the first time I've seen a celebrity in the game. Now they had marshmallow and they have Ninja Ninja's skin. He's wearing like a blue coat and he's got actual blue, like lightning hair. And you can tell that it's inspired by Ninja, but the skin doesn't look like Ninja. Okay. It's like Ninja's imagination of what he would look like. (laughs) Um, The marshmallow skin look like Marshmallow, but Marshmallow has a helmet, so it was still kind of cartoony. This, what was so disturbing about the Travis Scott skin was it just looks like Travis Scott. So I'm playing a game, and there's a Travis Scott walking up to me, and I shotgun him in the face. It's really weird when there's a person that is not, he's not wearing like, it's not a Daft Punk helmet. It's not, it's not Dead Mouse. It's not a cartoon character. It's it's made to look like a human being that is in the real world. And it suddenly had a totally different gravity to it. And it made me also think, what if something like ended up happening to Travis Scott? Like, would they still be okay with there being a character of Travis Scott running around in the game, getting shot? Like, I just started thinking of all these different, like aspects of like, where do we draw the line on this? You can't tell people they can't use a $20 skin they bought. You know? Yeah, exactly. So it's really weird when it's getting that close to a human. Travis Scott is not a character. Travis Scott is a human being. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I get it's, it. It's really it. weird. Um, it would, it would. It's not just because he's a rapper. It's not just because of that. If it was a Donald Trump skin, it would feel just as weird because oh yeah, he's a real life human being. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I see just what you're weird. saying. It was really weird, and at the same time, I did not notice that. In the min in the uh, store when the skin was for sale, but when I jumped out down into the game and started killing people, I realized I was killing a real life rapper <laughs> that is from Houston, Texas, in a virtual oh, game, yeah. and I was just like, "That's really odd." So I don't know how quiet I feel about it. I don't know if I'm in a minority of people that even caught that, but it was like night and day where I was just like, "That that's different." Like this is yeah, it's not even Travis Scott using motion capture and playing a character in a game, you know, that's something else. 
It's Travis Scott as Travis Scott. It's the actual, it's supposed to be a human being. You get what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's really mind-blowing. But besides that, it was a really cool event, and I like all of the Astroworld-type... Uh, uh, there's like a glider and stuff. There's a bunch of stuff inspired by his album artwork. And it, it was a really cool event. It's just that well, that skin just threw me a curveball, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. That's all I have to say on that. Well, well speaking of curveballs, uh, this is my... <laughs> My last story, and I know you were waiting on this. Okay. Uh, back in uh, <laughs> back in 2016, uh, do you remember uh, Quick Draw? It was an artificial intelligence that could uh, predict what you were drawing, and it would yes. finish the drawing for you. Well, the one thing that Google didn't allow it to do is if you tried to draw a penis, um, <laughs> it would it would detect that you were drawing it, and then it would give you crap for it. It would basically tell you, hey, you can't do that. And so everybody kind of thought it was funny, you know, and and so forth. And uh, now they had to somehow train that AI to recognize what a penis looked like, what a drawing of a of a ding dong was. So <laughs> it was that it was that special there was day over, in his childhood. <laughs> there was over twenty five thousand <laughs> dick pic drawings that were in this system now those were all made public oh so my God. what does somebody do a redditor named richard rnn dick rnn for short took those twenty-five thousand dick pics and taught an ai how to draw penises of its own <laughs> so instead of stopping it from happening he taught it how to draw Wieners of all shapes and sizes and with details like pubic hair. Um, now, you're able to go ahead and try this by yourself if you'd like to. Story, uh, <laughs> it's called it's called Dick Dash RNN's <laughs> GitHub page. And you can go there. There are four separate <laughs> demos. Okay? <laughs> OK, the first demo is called the main dick demo. And it you it asks you to draw a pair of testicles, and then the AI completes it and finishes the picture. Uh, the other two they have are called <laughs> predict multiple dicks and predict single dick, which work mostly in the same way, but with extra options. And I believe that's you know <laughs> hair, etc. But they do have a final <laughs> demo. <laughs> And I like to call this one Dick's Gone Wild, where as long as you have the window open, it just keeps drawing penises everywhere. So <laughs> it's, it's extremely like a, crazy. Does it draw it over itself or does it erase it and draw it again? Is it like a spirograph? <laughs> uh, no, it just keeps going and going and going, I guess. So, so it's like a spirograph. Back in the day, uh, Mozilla, they hired Moniker. And um, they could they could detect it. And that's how they were able to stop people from drawing the penises. Uh, they hired Monica, which created uh, something for Quick Draw that stopped you from being able being able to do it. So this guy Richard RNN, he got his inspiration from the dick shaming, and said, you know, I I don't think there's any problem with it. He his quote is this. That he also believes that doodling a penis is a lighthearted symbol for a rebellious act and also thinks 
that our moral compass should not be in the hands of big tech. So, you know, it's uh, <laughs> if you want to if you want to go see an AI that draws a whole bunch of wieners, um, go check it out. I thought it was a really interesting story. This guy must have a lot of time on his hands. It just because right, right. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things to comment on on this. I was going to say the guy, the <laughs> the guy who designed this had so much time on his hands that they need to pull his his funding, like whatever parent of his that died that he got a bunch of money from i don't know but um it's like, insane who has dude. that much time <laughs> it's insane it just uh, the fact but, that he f- that he fed this ai twenty five thousand pictures of wieners in order to get it to learn what a wiener was you know and learn then, damn oh my you. god <laughs> you will learn what a dick is i bet he cried the moment really it creepy. learned yeah Oh my God! Yeah, it's like beautiful. Mom, like Dad, it drew a penis. <laughs> <laughs> See him jumping but, uh, for joy after. <laughs> so much. Dick's gone wild. That's just crazy, the, dude. That you keep the just, window open and it just keeps drawing wieners. But yeah, I do agree that there probably shouldn't have been that censoring. That's just overly censorship because, like, so we're allowed to draw other parts of the body. But if you do that, it's a no-no. Like, what's up with that? Like, it's yeah. a piece of your yeah. anatomy. Like, so if you dissect a, a frog, we're not allowed to do its left toe or something. Like, I get that things are <laughs> offensive to people, but it's it's like, how is it going to hurt people? I guess it was the real question, you know. I told you, man, I find the weirdest stories. Man, that's just crazy. I guess we should have saved that for the end. That's okay. People okay, so are rewinding I, as we speak. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let me do my three quick stories. I don't have much in the news. Um, biggest news that I saw this week was that Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming to Game Pass May 7th. That is wow. huge. Even if you're not a fan That's of this game, really huge. this game is not that old. And for a Rockstar no. game of that budget... Just getting dropped on console. Now, I do need to add that. It's not coming to Game Pass PC. And I think that probably has to do with the Rockstar launcher and all that. Um, it's just yeah. coming to Game Pass console, but still, that's huge. Which is a shame, dude. Yeah. I would love to try it on PC. I really would. Yeah, you, That's such that's a shame. Rockstar wants you to buy it on PC. <laughs> well, fuck you, Rockstar. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's cool because that means that... Um, Microsoft has a really cool relationship with rock with rockstar because, um, they just had GTA five, which is about to leave. Um, but if they can keep yeah. cycling out big rockstar games, that's pretty cool. And, uh, we'll see what's in the future with their relationship with rockstar. But r- as of right now, that's a pretty cool deal that they've got going. Um, GeForce needs to call Microsoft and learn how they do this stuff. Yeah. It's probably just, you know being owned by one of the richest <laughs> men in the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> money talks. But anyway, um, the Nintendo Switch has had for a while a variety of Joy-Cons. And one of the biggest frustrations for people that, I think I've talked about this in a previous uh, episode, one of the biggest frustrations is people want certain colors of Joy-Cons. And there's sometimes very hard ways to get certain ones. Um Sometimes a system will come with a left yellow and a right green, but you can't get the opposite 
sides unless you buy a sold separately pack. And in the same sense, if you bought a sold separately pack of Joy-Cons with two colors in it, you would not be able to get their matching colors unless you found the console that had the opposite sides. Um, you can go online. I forget what the website's called, but there's a site that tells you basically how to get every color of Joy-Con and how rare they are because of the really weird way that they've released them. And people have been begging for Nintendo to have the ability to have custom Joy-Cons because um, it just makes sense. Joy-Cons are yeah. the most customizable thing that you could sell someone that owns a Switch. Yes. And Joy-Cons yeah. are the most replaceable thing on the Switch. Um when you see the success of like Microsoft's uh, custom controller lab, um, you would think that Nintendo would just jump on that because a lot of people would pay an extra $20 onto a set of Joy-Cons if they could get them in whatever color they wanted or to get them with some sort of decal or with some sort of engraving. They would do, they would pay extra for that ability. But instead of having the ability to actually choose what colors they're getting, um, Nintendo's actually taken a step backwards, which is very discouraging. Um, they are losing three options of colors, just like period. They're just not manufacturing these anymore. They're losing the gray Joy-Cons, the yellow, which I actually have, <laughs> and the red. Um, the red was already really rare, so I don't know why they're saying that they're not making the red anymore. Um, because the red was only available during a like Super Mario edition of the Switch. It's a Mario red. It's not a natural red. It's the deep Mario red. Uh, the yellow was only sold for a while by itself, so I guess it just didn't sell much. And the gray being discontinued is very weird because the gray Joy-Cons are what are sold to people that don't want colored Joy-Cons. You know, the person that wants everything in their living room to be gray, white, and silver. <laughs> you know, you don't want the console on your, you know, your entertainment center to have, you know, these fluorescent blue and green Joy-Cons hanging off of it. There is a market for those neutral gray Joy-Cons. They're not my cup of tea, but I do know that people prefer these that prefer a, a switch to not stand out in the middle of a room. Um, so I don't know if they're not going to manufacture the gray Joy-Cons on the actual Switch anymore, or if they're just referring to the gray Joy-Cons that are sold separately. I'm thinking it's the latter because the first is is like how all Switches are sold right now. It's it's You either get the red and blue or you get the gray. And the gray sells really good to um, the older demographic because it's so neutral. Um but it is depressing that they're losing colors rather than supplying more colors. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's basically it. It's just that something that is very customizable. They're making the, the they're making the decision to make it less customizable, which is really weird. I'm hoping that they have a switch direct where they say that they're introducing like ten new colors or something. Like you don't take three away and then don't give people something to look forward to <laughs> but um as of right now there are less joy-con colors being made so if you have gray yellow or red you know keep them in good condition i guess is all i can say um last thing of news that i had this week was that 
Black Ops 4 was beat by Animal Crossing with the single month sales record of video games of all time. Animal Crossing sold 5 million copies in a single month, which <laughs> was previously held, that, that title was previously held by Black Ops 4, but now Animal Crossing has broken that and they show no signs of slowing down. The first week out of the first month, they only had a 2% decrease in sales. <laughs> this is the sixth week after the game came out. It only had a 2% decrease, so that's insane. And oh, wow. It, it may go on to selling $10 million in just two months. I don't know. And it's not even being hurt by the fact that physical sales are hard to get. <laughs> it's not even being hurt by... The thing is, you think it's being hurt by the consoles being hard to find, but it is just selling to everyone. Um, I read that it is approaching very soon and is about to pass Smash Brothers sales, which is insane. I think that's going to put it as the number three best-selling Switch game, and it's probably only going to be under Mario Kart pretty soon. It's probably going to be Mario Kart, then Animal Crossing, for the rest of the generation, unless another game blows up, you know. And uh, that's Very all cool. I have. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Animal Crossing is crazy right now, dude. The the popularity of it is just insane, insane. I mean, people are getting millions of views on YouTube uh, from their streams and their uh, their content that they're creating about this game. It's just absolutely nuts. Absolutely right. nuts. It's a phenomenon. Yeah, and it's it's it has a lot to do with these social features. And the thing is, the social yeah. the social features aren't even that um, forefront with it. It's not even like the main thing with the game. But because we are all quarantined, I think people are using the limited social features to the max. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's. It's a game that wouldn't probably normally be popular because of just social features, but being that people it can't be social, <laughs> it is like shining as a social platform suddenly. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. So it really is. Um is that all we got this week? That's all I got. Okay, sweet. Well, um, I don't know, was this a short episode or a long episode? Uh, it's about uh, average it's about, man. It's close. We're yeah. always around the same time. Um, yeah. So uh, look forward to talking to uh, your beautiful faces next week. And um, we will be back with the newest news and we'll be playing more games and uh, talking to you about our oh, yeah. hot takes on the games and our hot something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my god okay so well uh, and that's also a, I don't know what is it go in peace stay girthy and stay girthy <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>